Same old Jets. The Jets were absolutely embarrassed in their season opener, losing to the Ravens 24 to 9. What an ugly showing. Me and Kaz will break down what we saw and cover your eyes because it wasn't pretty. Something that was pretty was Wayne Corbett, Jets legend. I'll have a one-on-one conversation with him. Also, you'll hear from a few fans on their expectations for the season. All that and a whole lot more coming up on a 0-1 edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. This episode of Gangs All Here is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Be iconic and go visit your Cadillac showroom today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jets finally get in the end zone with one minute to go. It is Tyler Conklin with the touchdown. You're not going to beat a veteran team when you're when you're not capitalizing on the momentum that you gain. And uh, from drop passes to uh, being loose with the football to miss kicks, it was, it was just, this is this is a game in my opinion that we absolutely lost. Ooh, welcome back to a post game gangs all here podcast. Our Jets podcast of the New York Post. Those highlights you heard are courtesy of CBS. We'll have a short one-on-one that I did with Wayne Quebec coming up later in the show. Heard from a couple of fans as well. We'll play that. But, Kaz, let's just get right into it. Because after an entire offseason where you were planning the seven-win parade down the Canyon of Heroes, after a first round of the draft where we talked with Joe Douglas, it felt like Christmas morning where we hyped this team up like no other, where I said, look at the receivers, look at the tight ends, whoever's the quarterback, they got everything in the world. The Jets reminded us, God, it's the same old Jets. My goodness, it felt like a funeral at MetLife Stadium, cause it was depressing there. My God, Lamar Jackson was thrown down the field. Jets tight ends, there's an APB out for them. We don't know what's going on. There, Joe Flacco couldn't find anyone. The offensive line was absolutely atrocious. We'll talk about a few good things that happened, but God, my God, was I mad when I left that building. On top of that, I was watching the press box. So, I mean, it might have been a good day to watch in the press box because I couldn't cheer for anything because there was nothing to cheer for. It was raining and they gave us sloppy Joe's at halftime. It felt like we were in Billy Madison. Sloppy Joe sliders, sloppy Joe Flacco, sloppy Jets disgusting oh and one i had to tell you jake right we talked last week for i picked them four wins for a reason uh, i mean i thought i picked them to win this game I, I had the Ravens score right 24 points i nailed that i just had the jets a little off but yeah i mean this is i know everyone's gonna overreact it's week one but this is who the jets are and they're when they play lesser teams than the ravens who i think are a very good team they'll look better than they did sunday and they, they just can't make the mistakes that they made that, that was my big takeaway from this jake was they had to know coming into this game they had to play near perfect football to compete with the the ravens right they weren't close to perfect um the offense was just so many mistakes the drops 
Corey Davis drops a third down. Michael Carter drops a touchdown. Uh, the fumbles, Brees Hall coughs it up in the, inside the 20. Tyler Conklin fumbles on a third down. That It would have been a first down, and then now it's a fourth down. That was a huge one. Lawrence Cager falls down, and so there's an interception. Uh, then you go to the special teams, and we, we love your, your Jets kickers. Jake, Greg Zerline fits right in. Uh. Looks like, a, like every other Jets kicker, misses a field goal, misses an extra point. Your boy Braden Mann with a 20-yard punt. He wants to love that. Then the defense, the defense played well for a while. And then they just, you know, they, they couldn't hold Lamar off all day. And he, they gave up a, a few huge plays. I, I mean, I really don't have to take much fault with the defense. You, you expect Lamar Jackson to make a few plays and he did, but the offense just gave them no support. The offense sucked. The special team sucks. Braden, man, you're not my boy. You were the highest selling Jets jersey two years ago. You stink. 20-yard punt. I've had longer peewee punts than that. Come on, 20 yards. I mean, they set them up for bad field position. And, of course, Zerline, you're like, all right, tie game. Here we go. 3-3. And he misses the field goal. You were there in the press by Shake. You may have heard me say it. I turned to uh, a guy who's new on the beat. Is his first year on the beat. Antoine Staley, nice guy. I turned yes. to him and said, I said, Antoine, I go, welcome to the Jets beat. And as Greg Zerline was running on the field, I go, this is where the kicker misses the kick. Ugh. And then so he misses it. He started cracking up. And I said, I've seen this once or twice before. You know, it was, you could have, I, I, I would have bet anything I had on that, that kick being missed. Oh, I don't know if they did the seating chart on purpose. Me and you were on opposite sides. Yeah, we had four riders yeah. in between us. Uh, yeah. They knew you would have gave me crap the whole game if you were next to me. So they had to separate <laughs> us. Uh, the whole post gang was there. But my God, Zerla, I, I'm like, oh, no kicker problems this year. Oh, wait, it's the Jets. And we talked about this team having all the tight ends in the world. The first time they've had tight ends since this guy behind me. I mean, Uzama wasn't out in the second half. He wasn't targeted all game cause Conklin yeah. did nothing. And then they target Cager and he falls leading to the pick. Why is Cager even getting targeted? What do you have Conklin and Uzama? I think it was Flacco said that they had, they had something for all three of them in the game plan. And they started Jake with 13 personnel, which is three tight ends on the field. You know, they had a plan for it and it just, it, they just didn't go go didn't go well. It didn't work early on, and then, you know, when the score got out of hand, you're not gonna you're not gonna be throwing the tight ends as much. They were they were putting a lot of receivers on the field, but yeah, uh, CJ Uzama was really conspicuous in his absence. Jake, that that was very strange. You know, the play count I can't see till tomorrow morning, but I think that'll be interesting. I felt like he was out there. I saw him out there a lot. He just wasn't wasn't being targeted and wasn't getting the ball thrown his way. Conklin had seven targets, only four catches. Uh, big fumble. Were, big fumble. A few of those were, were some bad passes that were at his feet, but he, I think there was one where I thought he should have caught. So, yeah, the tight ends were, were gone. And I, I mean, you know, Joe Flacco did not play well, Jake, but this was not all Joe Flacco. Um, you could see from the press box where, where you, you could see receivers weren't open. There was times where he dropped back. And there's no one open. So the offensive line is going to get pounded too, I'm sure. But a lot of those were coverage sacks where the guys were just covered. Um, not all of them. Uh, there was three sacks. And I think he had two more that were near sacks they threw away. 11 hits. So the offensive line didn't play well. The receivers didn't play well. The tight ends didn't play well. So Joe Flacco did not get a lot of help. But 59 passes, Jake, and 62 dropbacks. The last time a Jets quarterback threw 59 passes was Christmas Eve of 2011 when Mark Sanchez and Brian Schottenheimer ruined Christmas for Jets fans against the, the New York Giants and Victor Cruz. So been a while. And uh, I don't think that was the game plan to have Joe Flacco throw the ball 59 times. 
Yeah, and Zach Braziller next to us had the stat. He was ready to tweet it that the Jets, it was 2015, their last week one without a touchdown. 2010. 2010. It's been 12 years, and then they get the garbage time touch. I almost wish they didn't score there. When Michael Carter dropped the touchdown, and you saw him like running basically into the locker room, essentially, when he dropped it, I'm like, just don't score. And then they score, whatever. They get the touchdown. It means nothing. They, you know, they were trying for a backdoor cover there with maybe one more. Of course, you know, they get the feel good touchdown and get a feel bad missed extra point to follow that in typical Jets fashion. I mean, the rain really doomed on this day, too. I mean, it went from great game. Jets are going to win to rain all game to Jets get punished. I thought it was appropriate, Jay. I wrote, as I wrote in the post, it was the, you know, all the sunny talk of the summer was gone with the rain of MetLife stadium on Sunday. It was, it was a fitting, uh, fitting weather day for Jets hopes and dreams. Gone with the rain starring Brian Costello here. (laughs) Uh, Gangs all here. Jake Brown, Brian Costello, Wayne Corbett is going to come on a little bit later. The pass protection cause was very bad. Um, you, You had some nice runs, you know, Michael Carter showed some, Promising signs. Brees Hall was not very good. Carter ended up with 100 yards on the day, rushing and receiving. I thought the you know there were some good signs from Carter, but man, you're right. Not all this is on Flacco, and you know Mitchell and Fan and, and the cohesion with that offensive line. It seems like this might take a few weeks, but they got to find a way to get him some more time. Yeah, and like I said, I think some of its receivers not getting open. They've got to get open. Um, but it, we we knew that it was going to take some time with this offensive line. Even if Dwayne Brown was in there, I thought it was going to take time because they didn't get a lot of work together in training camp. And now you're switching on Wednesday where George Fant's at left tackle, Max Mitchell's at right tackle. Jake, the way, the way you can look at this, well, now Fant's going back to left tackle, but at one point I was looking at it, the Jets almost had four new starters on the offensive line, right? Lakin Thomas is new. Vera Tucker is moving from left to right. Fant has been shifting back and forth, and now Max Mitchell. Uh, Connor McGovern was really the only one that was in a steady position. So I think the offensive line will get better with time. They just they just need time on task. They need to work together, and, and uh, you know I think I think it'll improve. Yeah, you know, just throwing bad things that went wrong in this game. He didn't have a lot of time, but I also didn't think the play calling was great. You got it. Like we keep saying, got to target tight ends more, get something going. You know, my favorite play, not one uh, reverse attempt would have liked yes. one. Some <laughs> trickery, right? Just a trick. I, 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 I'm I, with you on the trick play in this one, Jake, where it felt like they needed a spark and maybe yep. that gives them a spark. And, you know, I'm just always amazed, Jake, this these Jets the last two years. You're watching it. And you're like, oh, my God, this offense is terrible. This offense is terrible. Then you look at the stats. They had 378 yards. I have no idea how they had 378 yards. Garbage fl- and, Jake, the number of plays, which that was a something Rex Ryan used to talk about all the time, was like people focus on yards. It's like, look at the number of plays run in a game, and you'll know who's winning the game. The Ravens only ran 53 plays. That's really that's like a low total for a game. The Jets ran 79. They had 26 more plays than the Ravens and lost by 15 points. Like that's hard to do. Uh, it's amazing. And it just shows you all the mistakes they made. And I get I, I don't know what they had in the first half because I feel like a lot of those yards must have come in the second half when they were just chucking the ball around. They had 170 in the first half, which that's not bad. So Cause the Jets find new ways to amaze us in all the wrong ways. It seems like every week, every season, it's unbelievable how they pull it off. Uh, You know, two big turning points kind of in this game too. When this was 17, three, the Jets defense forced what you thought they forced a fumble, you know, in plus territory. 
and they didn't recover. You get pick up that fumble. I think they would have had it at the Ravens like 35 or 40 score there at 17, 10. That's a difference. Then when they finally show some life after that insane Bateman 55 yard touchdown, Brees Hall fumbles. They get into yeah. the red zone. Finally show a little life. All right, make it 24, 10. And maybe this thing gets interesting headed to the fourth quarter and they fumble it. A couple of big turnovers changed this game and not recovering the fumble. And then the Conklin fumble that pushed them back and didn't get in the first down were a couple of big game changes. Yeah, and that's life in the NFL, Jake. The teams that make mistakes lose, right? Uh, this is in college. It's not Rutgers playing Wagner. You know, there's no Wagners in the NFL. And if you look around the scores around the league, like you want to be, you want to do what the Giants did on Sunday. I know that's painful for Jets fans to hear, but the Giants kept the game close into the fourth quarter and then they took the lead and, the, and then the Titans kicker, ex-Jet Randy Bullock, makes the mistake and, and misses it and the Giants win. So it's just... You know, Robert Sal talks about it all the time. They want to be in games in the fourth quarter. It's just, you know, it doesn't happen very often. And, uh, you know, they, they lament, oh, we, if we didn't make, you know, we didn't make they do X, Y, and Z, it would have been a different game. Well, every losing team in the NFL is going to say that tomorrow. So it's just getting kind of tiring with the Jets of hearing the same thing over and over again. And on that, I think it was, what, the first touchdown, the Duvernay 25-yard touchdown pass? Yeah. Why is Bryce Hall out there? Get, so they, that. yeah, they 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 wanted to play um, their tight ends with a. They wanted to put more DBs on the field to cover their tight ends. So the way the formation ended up, Bryce Hall ended up on a receiver. I think Sauce may have been on the tight end, and probably Michael Carter. But they so I, I have to look at it. But that's why Hall was out there. Is they they were running basically a dime defense against their. Their tight end. I think they had a heavy, heavy tight end set out there. The Ravens is what Sala said, and so they were trying to trying to slow the tight ends down. And you know the coverage. I didn't think the coverage was bad on that play, Jake. It was a good throw. I mean, Hall was there. Could he have played it a little better? Yeah, like I think his leverage was a little off. But um, you know, I, I don't, I don't kill Bryce Hall on that one. Listen, Lamar Jackson for a guy that they say can't make many throws. He he made some throws, cause <laughs> yeah. uh, he yeah. really did. And this is days after you thought he might have some kind of chip on his shoulder, not getting that three mil three hundred million dollar you know range extension. He made some big time throws and kind of proved your point of why uh, I guess why you picked this team to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, and like Jake, you know, I expect him to run all over the Jets. Six rushes for 17 yards, right? They stopped the run pretty well today, yeah. He didn't run a lot, though. Like I, I feel like they didn't try to run a lot. You know, yeah, the one that early third down he picked up, and then some of these others, some of those others are, are scrambles. They weren't even really designed runs. They didn't run them a lot. And I, the thing that impressed me about Lamar was how quickly he was getting rid of the ball. Like, I think they knew that was a bad matchup for them. Their offensive line is banged up. They ended up being on their third-string left tackle in this game. Jets' defensive line, strength of the team, Lamar was getting the ball out of his hands really quick. And I thought that was a good job by him and Greg Roman designing those plays. And then they took their shots when, when they came up and he, and I think he, he missed one deep throw, but the other ones he hit. Yeah. The only shots the jets took were to their fans hearts. That's, that's about it. And the ones that the fans took uh, in the parking lot after the game or before the game or during the game or at halftime, I needed shots and I couldn't do it. Cause instead I got sloppy Joe and soggy fries. Uh, at halftime, that's, that's the, all the, I got. I'm sorry. The press, press box is not all it's cracked up to be, Jake. Yeah, well, it was nice because the rain. Like, if it was yes, sunny, I would have went nice. out to get some color. So it was nice for that reason. Yeah, there was a game. You remember a game, Jake, where uh, the Jets played the Falcons 2017, and it was like pouring, pouring, pouring rain. 
And I remember one of the Jets players, we asked him about the weather and we were like, you know, and, and he was like, well, you guys were out there. And we're like, huh? No, we weren't. And we're like, <laughs> and he's like, what? And, and he's like, you guys are up there eating chicken fingers. I said, yes, we are. Yes, we, that's exactly right. I would have took chicken fingers gladly over. Uh, I mean, there was some good breakfast in the morning. Like you said, I did have some breakfast. I partake in that. But uh, the line for sloppy Joe's, I mean. Come on. I think it was uh, pulled pork, Jake. I don't think it was sloppy Joe. I just, it was pulled pork sliders, I think. What know, Adam so. Sandler movie? Is that uh yeah. is that Billy Madison? Yeah, it's I'm Billy Madison. Know. Yeah. You know the lunch lady, you know, you know the line hearts? Hearts. Sloppy Joe's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she slops it down. Yeah, it's 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 Billy Madison. You got it right. You've seen Billy Madison cause, right? I feel like I have, but maybe not in a long, long time. Right. Well, I'm, not Kevin, an Adam, I'm not an Adam Sandler guy so much. Wow. Uh, I like maybe because he's the, a Jets fan. That's why I like them on Saturday Night Live, but not the, the <laughs> movies. I, there are not too many movies I like of Adam Sandler's. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are dumb, but they're funny. Yeah. Um, well, the Jets were funny to watch in no ways at all. It was ugly. But I guess let's go over a few good things here. Garrett Wilson, <laughs> he broke a few ankles on that play where he almost got the first yeah. down. This kid could be special. I know it's early, but he's got agility, athleticism, speed, where if you know they target him a little bit more, he could be a bright spot in this offense. Here's the thing, though, Jake. He makes that play, and then he goes into witness protection after that, right? Yeah. So what that tells me is they don't trust him, mm-hmm. that he must not know the offense well enough right now because he really wasn't out there as much as you'd think for a first-round pick. So they don't, I just looking at that. I don't think they trust him. I think he's going to have to, you know, come, come, but to me, you got to live with the bad with him. If he doesn't know the plays, he's going to make some mistakes. You live with it because he's a guy you could tell when he has the ball in his hands, special things can happen. He could be a game breaker for them. So I think you've got, just got to play him and live with the mistakes right now. And like we keep saying, try out a screen, try out a reverse target, the tight end. I think those are going to be adjustments here for week two going into Cleveland. We'll preview that on Thursday's episode of the show. And I mean, if, if we want to look at another good thing, DJ Reed, and I know a lot of people, we were thinking, why the hell is he running to you know midfield to celebrate? It's 24-3 in the interception. We learned after the game that was dedicated to, his, I believe, his father. So a, a nice moment for him. That was an incredible INT. And he had a pretty good day. And I think, you know, Sauce, they didn't throw a lot towards his way. He had a pretty solid day. Yeah, Sauce was good. He covered Mark Andrews a lot, and he, I thought he did a good job on Mark Andrews. Andrews ended up with five catches for 52 yards, which isn't much for him. That's a win for the Jets, yeah. Yeah, no, that wasn't all on Sauce, obviously. I, he wasn't covering the whole game, but he made a play on the in the end zone. He made a nice play on Andrews. Yeah, and DJ Reed, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't think he gave up any passes. I think I saw somebody tweet that that he, he didn't give up any completions according to the next gen stats and had the interception, uh, forced the fumble as well. That was him that forced that fumble that you were talking about before. I do think defensively there were some positives in this game, Jake. You like people have to remember Lamar Jackson was an MVP a few years ago. Like that he's a good quarterback and uh they're a good team. So it also is like at some point too, when you're playing defense and the offense is your offense is not scoring any points, it gets tough to maintain that all day. So um, I thought Jermaine Johnson with his first career sack, I thought that, that was, yeah, yeah, I, he showed like, we really didn't see a lot from him in training camp. He showed some explosion there. I thought that was, that was a good thing for them. There was a push up front from the defensive line. So I do think uh, defensively, you know, the, I, the safeties, there was a little bit, they were a little dicey. Lamarcus Joyner had the Joyner was did nothing. I felt like I felt like Whitehead was active out there. You know, yeah, but the, did nothing. 
I think Joyner had the penalty. I don't know the 55 yard touchdown pass that looked like it might, it was Joyner's fault to me watching it. And then Whitehead gave up the 17 yard touchdown. He was the one in coverage there. So I think the safeties had a rough day, but there was other positives on the defense. And the chance you called it, Kaz. You know, Monday morning. I I mean, it happened. What was it? The third quarter. I said, I said, no, let don't go that route, but I'm starting to have second thoughts. Well, here's the thing, Jets fans. You guys will get Mike White, right? Like, let's say Jets go, all right, we're gonna go to Mike White. And he's gonna go out there and play terrible. He plays terrible in Cleveland. Guess what? We're talking about Monday morning. Chris Strebler got him in there. He was I I heard three quarterbacks, three weeks. And then I heard I heard a guy in the press box there. I don't understand why they're not playing Strebler. Like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, so look, like we said, this wasn't all in Flacco. And I get the idea Flacco is not mobile. Neither is Mike White. He's not a mobile quarterback either. He's not flying around. So I've seen a lot of Mike White in practice. I don't think he's the answer. I know he had a good game against Cincinnati last year. I've said it before. I don't think I'll ever see anything like that again. It was so crazy. So maybe you wait for Cincinnati, Jake. Maybe that's the game plan, right? I'm telling you, Nick Mangold day. We're going to have Mike White and Nick Mangold day. On the same day, it's going to happen. Nick Mangold showed up to the Gotham City crew tailgate. He was out there signing autographs. He's ready for that game. He's ready for Mike White's one-year uh, celebration. Listen, I, I agree, but Flacco did have a lot of times he underthrew guys, threw it in the dirt. Uh, he threw it behind. I know Corey Davis, you got to catch that, but it was a little bit of a bad throw. It was behind him a little bit. His throws were off, and maybe you blame the offensive line for he was just rushing and you know hurried a little bit. But as a veteran, some of those throws, cause he he's got to make better those short throws and the playbook. Like we said, it's got to be better. I, I think they got they didn't take hardly any deep shots. I know he didn't have a lot of time, but. Hardly any deep shots. I would have liked to see a few at least try and force an interference, yeah, a holding need, call. Something. You need time for deep shots, though, Jake. Right? So yeah. the offensive line is the key to this. Really, like the, you need time for deep shots. And Flacco, what I've seen from Flacco now over three seasons playing for the Jets, when you give him time, he can be an effective quarterback. Mm-hmm. When he feels like he's under pressure, it it goes to crap because. Two years ago against Miami, they were all over him, and he played a terrible game that day. They lost 24 nothing. And there's other times where, you know, they gave him time, and he's been a much better quarterback. Last year against Miami is one of those examples. So I, that, to me, the whole thing is can the offensive line hold up for him? Um, and, you know, like right now they're on a third-string tackle. Right. Max Mitchell's a third string tackle. So it's can you get help? Like, is there anyone even out there? Like, can you make a trade after week one? Like, what do you do to try to solve that? Do you just hope some cohesion in practice week and throw them out there again next week? Yeah, you hope that over time the cohesion builds as they work together and that helps. And, you know, theoretically, you should get better as the more you the more you play. Like, that's the idea. But, yeah, there's no one out there. you know, Dwayne Brown was signed in August and I guess you could roll out. You could try to go for another free agent, but I don't know. I mean, Brandon Shell, old friend Brandon Shell, I think is still out there. But if you're a free agent on September 11th, Jake, and it's not one of these deals where they cut you because you're a veteran and they're going to bring you back. If you're out there like you've been out there this whole time and you haven't been in training camp, awfully tough to walk in now and play like with no training camp. So and especially if you're a big offensive lineman and teams and as far as trades, if you have a good offensive lineman, you're not trading them. Um, you know, I mean, look, like the Falcons picked up Chuma Adoga, right? <laughs> so, like, they, that's the desperation level out there. The a Jets cast away on the offensive line, who maybe they shouldn't have cast away because Chuma Adoga probably be starting right now, was picked up. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, there's, there's no easy answers right now at that position, Jake. 
I felt like I was starring in Castaway, trying to get home from East Rutherford without having my own car, getting back to Astoria after the game. My God, couldn't get an Uber or Lyft for the life of me. Uh, ended up taking the train. Because now I get why uh, you're tired on Sunday nights. I am exhausted. Yeah, and tired. after watching that pathetic display of football, after all the hype and months of waiting, oh, we're going to win week one. Both of us picked the Jets. We're all hyped up. It's back to the hopes and dreams. And now the four and 13 cause prediction, the way they're playing. We'll see. But listen, Cleveland isn't a, is a bunch of world beaters over there. So maybe they, they write the ship and win next week. But uh, after that display, who knows? It was ugly. Gang's all here. Jake Brown, Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Brian Cause at Jake Brown Radio. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Lastly, Cause, you know, the Giants were rubbing Brian Dayball's cocoa butter bald head shaking his head around what a win for the giants in the locker room tell me about the jets locker room and robert sala <laughs> after the game anything of note uh let me think i mean they weren't they weren't celebrating anything that's for sure you could tell what the message was jake what they you know they because a few guys said it so it must have been sala's message that this isn't the same jets right not the same old jets it's they are, um, you know, it's one game. They're not worried. They, they still believe they can do this. You know, Tyler Conklin had a colorful quote about this isn't the same old blank. And um, not he didn't say Jets. He, he uh, so that, that was kind of their message. But what's funny, Jake, is like these guys, you see guys like Tyler Conklin who signed here in March or I'm trying to think of who else said LaMarcus Joyer said something similar to me. He was here last year. We've all been here longer than these guys, right? These guys didn't watch the Victor Cruz game, right? These guys didn't watch Tebow get hit in the head with a football in Miami. These guys didn't watch uh, the butt fumble. The buff fumble. These guys didn't watch week 16 in Buffalo in 2015. These guys haven't watched five and 11 in 2016 and five and 11 in 2017 and four and 12 in 2018 and a one and eight start in 2019 and two and 14 in 2020 and four and 13, 2021. So sorry guys, you can say you're not the same old jets all day long. Prove it, prove it. At some point, this team has to stop, stop talking about how good they can be and be good. That's my rant, Jake. That was a good one. I was enjoying that. Yeah, that's that's, that's video worthy right there. They, they were part of the Sam Darnold mononucleosis or whatever yes. that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they weren't here when Gino got punched in the face. Like it's like we're missing like twenty more, which is scary. Yeah, they weren't here when the plane flew over practice for Idzik. Like you go on and on and on about the last twelve years, and it's it just makes me laugh when I feel like I'm getting lectured by a guy who's been here for two minutes. No, sorry guys, and until you prove, until you don't shoot yourself in the foot all game, you're still the same old Jets. Like, they weren't there when Fireman Ed got his ass beat in the bathroom. They weren't there when Fireman Ed got canceled <laughs> Fireman by Ed, Jets fans. Did Fireman Ed fall today? Did I hear that correctly? Did after he? The Jets? Yeah, someone told me after the Jets had to start the game, he fell. I hope he's okay. <laughs> I noticed he changed outfits. He had like a, the FDNY and then he had Jets gear. Oh, did uh, he? I, I, there, wasn't many, there weren't many times to do the JTS chant today. So Apparently... Fireman Ed was charged for shoving a Giants fan. I'm reading a story from 15 hours ago. He's had an eventful day. Uh, he was charged with simple assault at an East Rutherford court for a scuffle with a Giants fan on August 16th at the preseason opener. Tyler Conklin. Did he know about that one? When you thought same old Jets? 
My God, we got we could write a book about all these damn storylines with this it, team. It must be tough to be fireman Ed, though, Jake. Right? Like you're the poster child for Jets fans. Like that's uh, he must like people must try to pick fights with him all the time if they figure out who he is. Right? Not only him. Like I noticed just walking around the stadium. Like there's a lot of like just jet mascots like in costumes. There are. I saw bizarre. And the the cars, the like buses and things. Like I saw a Volkswagen bus on the turnpike today. That was interesting. It was like a let's go Jets thing, but it was like it, it stopped in 2010. Like the, it was like QB Mark Sanchez, head coach Rex Ryan, quarterback Darrell Revis was like all over this bus, but like they never updated it. Maybe they're just frozen in time with when they want. We've been in hibernation for a dozen years. <laughs> now we're eating sloppy Joe and soggy fries in a little cup. I had two sips in a cup and it was over. Yeah, well, you, you, gotta do the, you gotta do the Canizero where he has like six cups lined up. That's no how- wonder why he's got six. I had two <laughs> sips. It was like a sippy cup. I was at summer camp again. The Jets were still at summer camp. They played like crap. Oh, you were right. Here's what you said. An interesting point was these guys barely practice. Like these were the lightest practices of the year. Yeah. It looked like they were not ready for not only great competition, any kind of competition. The argument against that though, Jake is like the Ravens. I don't think practice a lot either. And, and they didn't play at all in the preseason, like their starters. So like, but they have a track record. They do have a track record. They're more of a veteran team. So yes. And the, like, but almost everybody does it now in the NFL, but yeah, it, it does shock me. Um, the practices. I, I did an event with Joe Beningo on Friday night, Jake. And, yes. uh, How's he doing? He's very good. I told Joe about the practices. He was not happy to hear that. He is down on Salah, not happy to hear that. We'll get him on the podcast at some point this year. But he, uh, the best part, Jake, was the Mets game was on. And when Lind- when Lindor hit into the double play, I thought the guy was going to have cardiac arrest. I mean, he was screaming his head off. $35 million! $35 million! <laughs> what a disgrace! So it was uh, it was very funny to see it live, right? Like to be like sitting there and you're like, I've heard this over my radio so many times. He is just losing his mind over Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor of the Mets, please do good in October. Save me because the Jets look like they're going to have another stinker this year. So please get to the World Series. Win me a ring. So if they win a ring. I'll be fine if the Jets go four and 13, although I'd like seven and 10. Well, it's only one game. There's 16 to go. And let's Woo. hope this isn't. <laughs> We're not going to have year. a happy victory Monday. Another Jake, year. From Another times. year. Oh, go. Just go to Cleveland and win next week and everything I mean, will be good. The September thing, Jake, is now insane, by the way, too. Right. Can we talk about that for a second? They might not win a game Thir- in September again. 13 in a row. An NFL record, 13 in a row, they've lost in September. Do you remember how good you felt after that game in Detroit with Darnold? Right? Remember all yeah, the good Yeah, it started vibes? bad because it was a pick six. And yeah, then- it was a pick six, but uh, Darnold was, you know, Josh McCown hugging his parents outside the locker room. And Jamal Adams, you know, I think he that was his first career interception, right, within that game, I think. Or, or I'm, I'm thinking of Darren Lee. Darren Lee had an interception in that game. The last yeah. time the Jets won in September, I was on my parents' health insurance, for Christ's sake. I mean, it's been Get years. Come on. 2018, you were on your parents' health well, insurance? Well, I was 27, so I might have just got my own, but I might not even had health insurance then. I don't even know, but I, I might have been on my parents i don't know i, I, I think it's still I, 26 maybe i didn't 26. know what a spotted lantern fly was the last time the jets won in september do you have those <laughs> things in Astoria, jake what are are those, what, i don't even know what that is they're all over the place google it they, they're, i think i'm saying the right thing they're these these flies they're 
everywhere. These and you're supposed to kill them. You're like supposed to step on them when you see them because there's the spotted spotted lantern fly. Look it up, Jake. Wow, very in colorful. New Jersey, they are everywhere everywhere and you have to step on them they are really annoying parts you familiar with the spotted lantern fly i'm not no however though when i was on tour in um in iowa we heard about the mormon fly which it sounds very similar where they just they're huge bugs and in order to kill them you got to step on them so i'm curious if it's part of the same family is this your segue into a Zach Wilson conversation? <laughs> I was about to say, bring me our Mormon son quarterback. Put a couple of 45-year-old women in the crowd and then get Zach Wilson oh, out there quickly, please. Sunday was the – he was a winner Sunday. Yeah. Because yeah. if Flacco would come out and lit the world on fire, then it would have been like, oh, they shouldn't go back to Zach. Now everyone – go back to Zach when he's healthy. He's Zach, fun. come back soon, my, my sweet prince. I mean, I've never wanted Zach Wilson back – I was, I'm not on the, like you, I'm not like riding the Zach Wilson train. It was a cool story this summer. I wasn't like, Oh, that's my quarterback. He still needs to prove it. Well, please rush back, be there in Pittsburgh for the fourth game of the season, Pittsburgh with a nice win over the Bengals. So they lost TJ Watt, right? Yeah. Well, TJ they Watt's lost him. But, pack? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, that was a nice win for them over the defending AFC champs. Well, bring back the Mormon quarterback and uh, they're stepping on bugs in New Jersey all over and they're stepping on the Jets, whoever comes to MetLife Stadium. Well, that wraps up the opening segment. Coming up next on Gangs All Here, well, better time for here when Wayne Corbett was a Jets wide receiver and at Hofstra because we had football. Now we do not. And I spoke with Wayne Corbett after the game of the Gotham City Crew House of Q party at American Dream, the big mall there. And Wayne Corbett's coming up next. Good thing you didn't end up going to the game. I'm like, you could <laughs> say that every week for the next 10 years and for the last 10 years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gang's all here podcast. We're here with Wayne Corbett. Man, you're a legend. The Jets didn't put up a legendary performance. Just initial thoughts on the first game. Tough. Obviously, you know, had some injuries going into it, but, uh, you know, they're in it. Defense, you know, kept them in the game. You missed a field goal, long pass interference play. But they played hard. The young guys played good. So uh, I think it's good first step. Obviously not the one fans wanted, but uh, hopefully they build off of that. What do you want to see from this team this season? Do you want to see improvement? Do you have a win total number you want to see that's an improvement from four wins last year? I mean, obviously you want them to you know, win as many games as possible, but in this division, I mean, you saw what Buffalo did the other night, playing them twice is a tough division. Um, obviously you want a better record. You don't want to be, you know, having a top five pick. So I think they're definitely going to, you know, get a better record than last year. Should they consider Mike White for week two? I don't know. I mean, he showed what he could do last year. Flacco's a vet. You know, he played against his former team today, but maybe they wanted to instill uh, some energy into the offense. Uh, They seemed to react well to him last year, so we'll see what they decide. People have talked about this receiving group being one of the best ones they've had in years. What's your thoughts on this receiving group? Uh, They didn't get, you know, much of a chance to do anything today, but uh, talent-wise, they're they're deep. Uh, They're young. uh, good, Good mix of young and old, so... You know, you need to protect the quarterback. If you don't protect the quarterback, it doesn't matter, you know, how open you are. Does Braxton Berrios remind you of you a little bit? 
Yeah, you run the same kind of routes. Uh, it's nice to get the opportunity last year. It's a shame it took people getting hurt, but uh, yeah, and that's why they resigned them two-year deals. So, uh, you know, sky's the limit for a guy like that. Is there another receiver in the league today that reminds you of you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I would pick, but any of the slot guys that are you know having some success going over the middle, you know, those are the kind of guys that I uh, I watch. How proud of you or what you did at Hofstra being the first NFL player to come out of there in three decades? And obviously, they got rid of football after my freshman year there. But, you know, you did big things, and you were one of the faces of Hofstra football. How proud are you of that? Oh, very proud. I mean, obviously, it sucks that they don't have the program, but hopefully one day we can get it back. You know, we built something pretty special there. But, uh, you know, for the, my rookie year, everybody thought my first name was Hostra because it was Hostra's Wayne Corbett, Hostra's Wayne Corbett. So I accepted that role, and it's nice to be a symbol of the school. You missed the nightlife of Hempstead Turnpike. Where would you go, Bogarts? Uh, back then, I don't know, it was 30 years ago. Wasn't that your place, Bogarts? Uh, for a couple of years, yeah, yeah, way after. It was a steakhouse, though. It wasn't like a college bar, so yeah. uh, good old days. Chad Pennington was one of my favorite players in Jets history. What was that connection like that you had with him? Well, I had a great connection with him and Vinny. Spent a lot of years with them. Um, two great quarterbacks, strong football IQ, and great guys. You know, we had a lot of great memories together. Does Zach Wilson, have you seen things from him that he can be the franchise quarterback for this team? Yeah, he is the franchise quarterback. That's why I said people want Mike White or this guy, that guy. He's the, he's the quarterback of the future. He will be. Uh, he got better last year as the season went on. So, you know, it's a shame he got hurt, but he'll be back. What made you so good on third downs? Did you have a certain mindset when you went into a third down, like, I'm going to get this first down? Yeah, and I went into it. And the funny thing is, not to be arrogant, but, like, the fans knew I was getting the ball. You know, we knew I was getting the ball, and they knew I was getting the ball. But uh, I just had quarterbacks that trusted me in my routes and, um, you know, great, like, I don't know, like the ESP kind of thing. They knew what I was going to do before I even did it. So, uh, you know, it kind of went both ways. Would you like the Jets to retire your number officially? I know no one's worn it since then, but has there been any talks, and would you like it to be the number 80 to be retired? I mean, obviously, I would think there's some other numbers that should be retired before mine, but if, if they do, that'd be, you know, amazing. No one's reached out about that? No, I mean, they haven't given it up, and they say they're not going to, so I don't know what that means. But if, if it happens, great. You know, I, I've gotten everything I've ever wanted from them. Do you miss the game at all? Do you want to do any coaching or anything of that realm? No, I coach my kids. That's it. And I have no desire to work 80-hour weeks and breaking down film. And I miss the sideline, but, um, yeah, the coaching, I like more management side. Coaching is not in my future. What are you up to now? What are you, what are you doing these days? I work for the Jets mostly, podcasts, stuff like that. So, um, you know, just trying to enjoy the good life. I got three three sons, so follow them watching playing sports. Do you still get recognized in the streets walking around through New York and New Jersey all the time? I mean, here's crazy, but not as much as when I played because you're on ESPN every week, you know? But, uh, yeah, I welcome the fans all the time. All right, Wayne Corbett, appreciate it. The path is clear. It's going to flip. All right, that'll say goodnight to episode 105 of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in producing the show. You can always catch up on all old episodes of Gangs All Here by giving us a five-star rating, writing a nice review, and subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever 
you get your podcast. We appreciate your support. Of course, new episodes are Mondays and Thursdays. Jake Brown Radio, Brian Cos is where you get us on Twitter. New York Post Sports YouTube. Subscribe there for all the video clips. Thanks to Wayne Corbett for giving me a few minutes to chat. Shout out to the Gotham City crew. You hear a few quotes from the middle initial pod guys to close the show about what they're hoping for in this Jet season. I want to close with fans a lot this season. Get your reaction. We'll set up the voicemails for you to call in. For Brian Castello, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. Thursday preview show for the Browns game Sunday. I'll be in the SNY studios. Look out for video for that on the New York Post Sports YouTube, on my Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Cos will zoom in. We'll have a special guest. So stay tuned. That will drop Thursday morning. We're hoping to drop Monday mornings, Thursday mornings, first thing in the morning, 5 a.m. Brand new episodes of Gangs All Here. And this episode is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Go visit a Cadillac showroom today. Till Thursday. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Gangs All Here. And let's hope this team has a good week of practice and gets it right for next week against the Browns. Peace. Here with the Middle Initial Pod, talking about the Jets here. All right, give me your prediction for win total this season. 6.5, over 6.5. Seven wins. Seven and ten? Yes, six. Six, all right. Joe Flacco starting the first three games. Do you think they're better off with Flacco? Are you concerned? What do you think about these first three? I think the Browns are a game that the Jets are aimed to win. These other two games, if they win, great. If they don't, okay. So one and two? Yes, one and two. Do I think Joe Flacco is better than Zach Wilson today? Yeah. Do I think it's better that he starts? No. Because what point is it? He's 37. He's bad. We've established he's bad. We need Zach to play. But for now, can he be comp- Can we be competitive with him? Yes. What's your feel of this season? Do you just want to see progression and just see Zach show that he's a franchise quarterback? Or are you hoping to be in a playoff push in December? Let's try to get in the hunt graphics in December. I, that would be nice. Just be in that graphic. I don't care where we are in that graphic. I don't care if we're like the last team in that graphic. Just be in the, in the hunt graphics. That's some Zach Wilson progression would be really nice. Um, I am here for mostly Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson to see what they do, and obviously that ties into Zach. But, yeah, from a wins-loss perspective, like it would be nice to win seven or eight games, yes. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I said Pikachu sucks in, like, eighth grade and got soap in my mouth.